Welcome to Field Notes by Ag Choice, a podcast series covering timely, relevant topics for Pennsylvania's agricultural and rural communities. Each episode will include an interview of an Ag Choice expert or one of our industry partners discussing information you need to know. I'm Rachel Sadison, and with me is Megan Coopy of Way Fruit Farm. Way Fruit Farm is a fruit farm located in Center County and also includes a retail facility where they sell their fruit, local seasonal vegetables, grocery items, as well as have a bakery and a deli. Megan is the sixth generation on the farm, and today she joins us to share about their operation and specifically how Way Fruit Farm has adapted during the COVID-19 pandemic. Megan, thanks for joining me today. Oh, thanks so much for having me. So let's go ahead and get started. First, could you tell our listeners about Way Fruit Farm, its rich history in central Pennsylvania, and really what's involved there? Absolutely. Um, so I am fortunate enough, as you said, to be sixth generation um, on the family farm. Um, not always fruit, as a lot of farms, um, you know, started sort of as subsistence farming when the ways moved to this valley, um, but quickly um, became uh, fruit-focused. Uh, when there was a um, wedding gift of a thousand apple trees given um, to one of the way descendants. So um, that's sort of how everything got started um, as a wedding gift and a nudge in that direction. And the rest, as they say, is history. Um, So we continue to um, produce fruit um, as our main focus. um, We also have pumpkins and sweet corn um, and we do a lot of retail sales. In fact, um, I would say a majority of our sales are retail. Um, we do some wholesale here and there, but mostly we are focused on our local community, visitors to the area, uh, whether it be Penn State students um, and alumni and football traffic and things like that, or just people to the region in central Pennsylvania um, being a really nice place to visit as well. Um, We also recently, when my husband and I moved back to our farm, um, did an expansion in our retail facility so that it also now houses a bakery and a deli, as you had mentioned, uh, where we serve um, fresh pies and breads and things uh, on the weekdays. And we also offer a lunch menu and a weekend breakfast menu for our local community. We get a a really nice response to that because we do have a lot of sort of the suburbs of the State College area close to us. Um, And so that's sort of a little bit about Way Fruit Farm and sort of what we do and and where our focus is right now as we've continued to grow and adapt with each generation. Thanks, Megan. It's great to hear about your operation and really where you're started. Yeah. The COVID-19 pandemic has impacted all of us, but especially those involved in agriculture and retailing food. Could you tell us about how the pandemic impacted your business and then how you adapted to that new environment? Right. So the pandemic, of course, threw us um, as a surprise, sort of for a loop um, at first as well, just like it did with the general population, um, you know, even worldwide. So it took us a while to sort of wrap our heads around what was happening. um, But throughout the entire time, we remained open to serve people. As I said, we have expanded our facility to almost be Um, a grocery store, as we say, with a local flair so that we have the milk and the bread and the eggs that people want, just all from local farmers and dairies, you know, right next door to us. We grow all of the fruit, so we have that almost year-round. We press our own cider. We bake our own bread. We have pies. So 
we became sort of the grocery store that our local community was coming to in order to avoid um, leaving the house, which obviously was recommended for a while, but then also a lot of people continue to feel that heading to somewhere like us um, that is that is a known as a little bit smaller, um, more easily focused on, you know, safety, whether it be food safety or cleanliness and things like that was really a big deal to our community in a time, um, you know, where people were just trying to find a good quality source of food that they didn't have to go to a big box store in town for. So um, we shifted ourselves from, you know, just being sort of a a grocery to being sort of a, a grocery for even more folks in our area by also expanding into a delivery service. So about a year before the pandemic sort of hit full swing, so it would have been, you know, a March, um, two years ago even, we take our winter time to do a lot of projects because obviously there's not as much farming to be done outdoors at that time. So we had switched our focus um, that year to do a online um, store website setup, um, and one of our full-time employees, that was her job that winter was to get pictures of all of the products we have and everything inputted into a system that we could then put online so that people could shop um, online. And we didn't do shipping at the time because a lot of our objects are super heavy and the shipping um, cost is so, is so much. So what we focused on was offering a local delivery service, um, which during pandemic became um, very sought after, but also then developed into a order online, get curbside contactless pickup. Um, so that allowed us to more easily than some, just because my husband had had this impetus that that's the way grocery shopping was going was to do more online presence. We were able to then just keep pushing ourselves and expanding into that online service to offer more frequent deliveries and to a little bit wider area um, to buy a new delivery vehicle in order to offer that more often and with multiple delivery drivers. And we just kind of kept growing into that area and that allowed us to stay open. Um, with this pandemic, the hardest thing we've found is when you hear stories from folks, it was, it was very much feast and famine as far as business goes. Um, we do have a cafe. As I said, we serve lunch every day um, to go dinner. Sometimes people will come in with that same menu and take it home. And then we do weekend breakfast. That, of course, suffered greatly during pandemic because no restaurant was open except for to-go. And, for example, in my opinion, to-go pancakes is the worst breakfast you'll ever eat because no matter how close you live, by the time you get home, they are cold and not very appealing. So to-go sounds great in theory, but when you're in the trenches, you realize most people don't want certain things to go. So although our cafe may have suffered, um, our deli, for example, that slices meat and cheese and then with the fresh bread, um, probably tripled to quadrupled in business because what happened is we weren't serving people sandwiches, but they needed something to feed their kids or their husband that was, you know, they were home all the time, which a lot of people in this day and age just are not. They are very busy, both working parents, kids are off at school, then after school activities. And when all of that came to a screeching halt, their coping mechanism was to do a lot of soup, which we make homemade soup and freeze and sell, and to do a lot of sandwiches and grilled cheese and stuff like that. So we were able to take that portion of our business and use that to serve the community and sort of repurpose our staff, which became a big deal because we did not 
have to lay off any of our staff. What we did is sort of refocus and repurpose everyone into either online order poolers or, you know, doing more deli slicing and, and things like that that maybe were not their focus at the beginning. If they were a sandwich maker or a prep person for lunch, they could just prep something different in order to keep serving our online community. Wow, thanks for walking us through that, Megan. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's really interesting how yeah, each sort of sector of your business, uh, the pandemic you know, impacted differently, right? And yeah. you had to sort of a little bit roll with the punches there. So, you know, among the most difficult challenges are sometimes the greatest bright spots, though. So what do you feel are really some of the silver linings that came from this pandemic, Megan? So, like I said, our online service um, was sort of in its fledgling stages when this hit. We had it all set up, um, but we would just deliver to our local community, which for us is like State College, Belfont, parts of Altoona, Tyrone. And so we would do, I would say, maybe four or five deliveries a day. So it would be one small carload. It would go out with one of our delivery drivers, which, I mean, at that time was literally my uncle, who just likes to keep himself busy in his retirement, would do the deliveries and come back and go home um, to a point where now we get a lot of people uh, messaging us online. Well, can you ship this? And I've heard great things about this. I want to try that. And And we now have regulars who order a couple hundred dollars worth of groceries every week um, because they've now realized that even if they are going out and about and doing more shopping on their own as well, that they like the quality and they like the convenience of what we're offering. Um, and so we've been able to expand that area in order to serve more people, which means that for us, we are able to expand our customer base um, and maintain some of them simply because we were able to have quality products for them in a very stressful time and situation where a lot of grocery stores were either running out of things or you had to go in and sort of deal with the mob mentality and people didn't want that. So I feel like the silver linings were were sort of few and far between. When you're in the midst of it, you don't see them. But as we've come out of it, we've realized that we've gained customers. Um, we've realized that when you flourish in a stressful situation, it actually bolsters your reputation within the community and people are more willing to advertise for you by word of mouth and to give you a try because they've heard good things. And so it became actually a really good form of us getting out into the community, um, sort of unpaid advertising, if you will, so that people could see what we had and what we were capable of that may have lived on the other side of town or just been too busy in their day-to-day -day lives normally to make it all the way out to Port Matilda, you know, 30 minutes in the wrong direction from where they live from work to get to us. So we were able to touch parts of our community that maybe we hadn't tapped into before, um, and serve them well so that now I feel like more people even have a focus on local, high-quality food than even what did before um, in, in this area. So, you know, we're not out of this pandemic yet, right? Uh, but with vaccines being distributed now, uh, that really brings a lot of hope to hopefully return to some sort of normalcy at some yes. point in the future. So, Megan, as we wrap up here today, what do you see for the future of Wayfruit Farm? 
So we are always sort of looking ahead and trying to figure out what's next. Um, and, you know, nothing is set in stone for us because, like you said, this is not over. Um, you know, we've had our restaurant open and shut back down about four times now, um, you know, 50% capacity, 25%, you know, and I don't know when we'll go back to 100%. Um, but I think what it's forced us to do is to continue to step forward maybe just a little bit faster. So we've been looking at um, an online app um, so that people can utilize our cafe even in a, such a situation if we were to have to reduce our capacity or people just aren't physically comfortable coming into a public space, they could order online um, and could just do a curbside pickup for that. That is one area we realized that we were very deficient on during that kind of crisis was being able to serve prepared food or hot food, if you will, um, in a timely fashion um, without using something like Grubhub, which is totally irrelevant to where we are way out sort of in our rural area. It's just not a feasible option. So we're going to try to become our own Grubhub, if you will. Um, and there are just so many other things we're looking to, you know, continue to maintain that customer base so that we can continue to um, expand our staff so that we can, you know, provide income for more people in our community. We have fantastic staff that stuck with us the whole time. Um, we've hired since, during, and, and after the pandemic, um, and we've realized just what a blessing we can be to the community by just offering some good, quality, decent-paying jobs. And so to, con to be able to continue to expand our business um, allows us to help others, and that's great. Um, so, you know, those are some things we're sort of looking for, um, but you just never know. I mean, anything can happen at this point. So we just try to remain open to the possibilities. And like you said, just keep rolling with the punches and, and, and working toward, to, our, to the best of our ability. Megan, thanks so much for joining today's podcast so we could learn about Way Fruit Farm, really your story and, and how you've adapted here in this environment. So good luck to you and your family in the future. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me, and I hope everyone, um, you know, has, has enjoyed listening, and uh, we would encourage everyone to come out or at least check us out online, Facebook and Instagram. We're always doing fun stuff, uh, lots of events for families if you're looking for something to do and need to get out of the house. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Listen to other episodes of Field Notes by Ag Choice posted at agchoice.com slash podcast.